Welcome to the Cozy Minimalism Podcast. I'm Angie, and I'll be your virtual navigator on this path to minimalism. I want to help you create a home that nurtures and supports you, rather than one that drains you and stresses you out. My home? It's a regular, everyday home. It's not magazine-worthy, and some days, when I'm not feeling good, it will be a little untidy. But it's never out of control or heavy like it used to be. I offer you a softer, more realistic, and less extreme type of minimalism. I really want you to be able to step away from these episodes feeling motivated, so I don't add a lot of extra fluff just to make them a certain length. What you see is what you get. I always love to hear from listeners, so hit me up on Instagram or Facebook and let me know how I can serve you better. A while back, I asked my Instagram family if they had any ideas for topics or questions that they had for podcasts. I had one listener in particular connected with me about my obsession with plants, and she wanted to know how I kept them alive. Basically, it's no secret that I was a serial plant killer. Did you notice that that's past tense? Because I'm a reformed killer of all things planty. Well, some people have green thumbs and they can grow everything. Everything they touch turns to gold. I was the exact opposite. I had a serious black thumb and all I had to do was basically look at a plant and it would die. Okay, it wasn't that dramatic, but my intentions with plants were always good, but the outcome was always the same. So as I was working through creating this podcast, I wanted to make something very clear right from the get-go. This podcast is not a comprehensive guide on how to care for these four super easy to care for plants, but it's an overview that will give you some insight into their water, light, and other care requirements. It's really meant to help you choose the easiest one for you and your home. And then after you choose the plant to get, just go off and research it even more. Basically, the more knowledge you have about your new plant, the better you'll be equipped. I know it's going to come up, so I'm just going to address it. So somebody's going to come to me and they're going to say, why are you talking plants when you're all about minimalism? Hi, welcome to Cozy Minimalism. Two things. First, minimalism is about cutting clutter and excess. It's not about cutting things you love or things that bring you joy just to get to a certain level of minimal stuff. It's not about who has the least amount of stuff wins. This is not a competition for living in a room with nothing. Second, there are a few things that our community tells me that they will never be minimal with and plants is one of those things. And cozy minimalism isn't stark and cold interiors. If you prefer the more extreme version of minimalism, I can tell you right now, my friend, this podcast and this entire movement of cozy minimalism is not for you. For those of us that want a cozy yet minimal home, having plants actually makes it feel like home and it kind of makes it feel like it's a life-giving space. And with our journey to cozy minimalism, we define what we love and what will make our houses into homes. One of the things that you might be asking yourself is, is getting plants right for me right now? And if you're struggling at the beginning of your minimalism journey and not really keeping your head above water, getting into a new hobby with plants is likely not a good plan, my friend. Clear the clutter 
and get some breathing space first and then add in some life when it feels right. I think this is the reason why so many of my plants died. Before I began my journey to minimalism, I wasn't able to keep a plant alive. And truth be told, I killed Lucky Bamboo, you know, the stalks that just sit in water. Yeah, dead because of me. Looking back, I actually don't even think that it had anything to do with skills. Skills can be learned. I didn't have the time, energy, or focus to commit to keeping plants alive at the beginning of my journey. Instead, I chose to have fake plants in place of real plants in order to bring life into our home. Real or faux, adding plants will add some definition and life to your spaces. And if rocking the faux plants is where you're at right now, that's totally fine. I'll always support your current phase. Just tuck this podcast away until you're ready to add some live plants to your home. Really, if you're at the beginning of the journey, it's not the best time to be adding things back anyways. Adding plants to your home right now just might stress you out more than you already are. And so we don't wanna do that. However, if you feel like you have some breathing space and you don't feel overwhelmed with all things home, adding plants might be the next step for you. Plants do take work, but it's a labor of love. I like to think that I traded off my stash of unused crap, like craft, hobby, and kitchen supplies that I never used but dreaded, for a hobby that I enjoy doing and learning about that makes my home feel good. All right, so I'm going to tell you a little bit of the backstory of the carnage behind me. For entertainment purposes and to illustrate just how awful I was at caring for plants, maybe to help you feel like you're not alone, I was also probably awful taking care of myself if I'm totally being transparent. As I said before, I didn't always have a green thumb. The lucky bamboo that I told you about at the beginning of the podcast was just one of many fallen soldiers over the years. Who has two thumbs and killed a cacti or two? this gal. I think it was a combination of forgetting to water it for like forever, then overwatering it, and then in addition to that, giving it too much sun and scorching it. I've annihilated succulents. Annihilated. People say all the time that succulents are the easiest ones, and that has not been my experience. Uh, Hens and chicks are ones that I can think of off the top of my head. I don't know. I struggle with not knowing how much is too much water and then how much is too little and they always go brown and get leggy and die and I'm not at that point in my plant mama process to even try those again. Another one that a lot of people say is a fairly easy plant is ferns. I don't know. I don't keep our house moist enough to support them. I I have no idea. They're like pretty little plants but I tend to soak them out and dry them up all at the same time. I could probably save them if I was able to have a little higher maintenance plant that needed misting every every week. I just don't have that in me at this point in my life. I'm all for low maintenance plants. I struggle with palms because I'm such a sporadic waterer. And then when I do water them, I feel bad and I overwater. I also kill them because I sometimes forget them for so long and then they turn brown and is spray painting a dead plant a thing? I don't know. But there are times that I kind of feel like maybe that would be better. I also had a giant hibiscus once. Actually, correction, Mr. Cozy had one when we moved in together. 
I loved it too much, overwatered it, and I think its roots rotted. It was a gorgeous plant and it was giant and I killed it within a year of it being in my care. I, to this day, I still feel bad about that one because he was really proud of it. Most of the time with plants, I kill them because I've either loved them too much and gave them too much water or I forget to water them. And there was a point in time, actually just within the past few years, that I wasn't even all that good with the real plants that I would whisper to my brand new plants as I pluck them off the store shelf. I'm sorry that you're going to die in my care. It was better that than the life they had on the shelf, even if the plant life with me was shorter, right? Now that we've determined that I used to be a very poor plant keeper, let's talk about how to pick the right plant. I'm basically really, really slow to bring in new plants. I have a wish list that I have on my phone of plants that I've researched and they're easy care plants and they'll fit in our space and I really, really want them. And I've, I've learned to do this research on these indoor plants before I spend my money and time on them because it's crazy to like go out and buy a plant and then bring it home only to have it not match your care ability, and then you just watch it die. So when I'm selecting my plants, I think of a few things. And I think these things are gonna help you select your own plants. So number one is maintenance. I always think about how high or low maintenance the plants are. And right now I am in a phase of sticking to the low maintenance plants. I do have one that's higher maintenance, but I love it and I've named it and it's all good. Do they require fertilizing or rotation or any additional care? Do they need to be trimmed regularly? And if they do, am I willing to do that? My high maintenance plant right now is my fiddle leaf fig and her name is Little Miss Figgy. And she is a little finicky, but I found tools that help me with her care. So I basically have this little bird that sits in her pot and its little things go down into the soil. And this bird will chirp at me when the soil dries out. And so I always know when to water little Miss Figgy because my little planty pal, Birdie, is screaming at me anytime that there's light on it. So maintenance with a fiddle leaf fig is very, very minimal once you figure out the water issue and you don't touch it. Number two of the things that I, I think of when I'm selecting my plants. I always look at my default watering level. Do the plants that I am looking at tolerate my default love giving? I am random with watering, but I lean towards overwatering when I do. My plants kind of need to thrive in the extremes, or at least they need to thrive with soil drying out between waterings. When you're starting out, just choose plants that require the same amount of water because there's nothing worse than having different water level plants throughout the house and feeling like you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off because you've got one that needs it a little bit more moist, one that needs it to dry out in between, and then all of the ones in between. So try to keep with the same water requirements for all of your plants to start out with. The next thing that I really look into when I'm selecting my plants is what kind of light do they need? And does my home and where I wanna put them, does it provide it for them? I have two palm plants right now and they aren't thriving in our new home just because of the change in window direction. 
I guess it's not a bad thing because they have outlived all of the other previous palms that I had in the past. Those would probably only last like three months in the past. And these are getting close to a year. And we also had a winter move in there. So I think I'm improving in that sense. The biggest thing with these questions and the plants that you're going to be selecting is know yourself, know your space, and choose the easy plant that aligns with that. So without further ado, here are my favorite indoor plants that would be difficult for you to kill. Number one on my list of easy to care for plants, also known as mostly unkillable, it's the snake plant. It's also called mother-in-law's tongue. And technically, it is called the Sansevieria plant. So I suck for the scientific name plants. Just know that going into the podcast, that every single time that I say the scientific name, it will be the wrong pronunciation. But I'm trying. This plant can tolerate low light and it can tolerate a bit too much love, you know, water. It is not a finicky plant at all. This plant actually was the plant that gave me the courage to try more plants. And because it thrived under my not-so-awesome care, it was an amazing, great start plant. I highly recommend it. This plant gave me the confidence to get to other plants. Now, what does it need? Let's talk light. They grow the best with bright indirect light, but they can tolerate direct sunlight and low light areas. This is why it makes them so amazing. They can go anywhere. Water. Snake plants actually don't need much for water and they tend to be the most forgiving if you forget to water them for a while. One of the things that they don't do well with is too much water. If you want to kill a snake plant fast, just overwater it. They actually tend to like to be forgotten about a bit. Don't let that soil get soggy. If you want a chill plant that isn't going to require a lot from you, this is the one. Maintenance, this is just general stuff. They like to be warm. Keep it away from drafts in the winter or cold, cold doors opening. Now, if it starts growing and it gets too big for its pot, then you're going to want to repot it into a bigger pot. The only thing I want you to remember with this is using a succulent cactus potting mix and then don't plant it below the height that it was planted in your last pot. Another thing you can do is you can wipe its leaves to keep them dust free. I just use a baby wipe or you could use a moist towel and just keep it washed. But really, you don't need to do this. I think I've had mine for three years, four years and I might have dusted it once. They also, luckily, don't require trimming or fertilizer, and I'm pretty sure most people would agree with that, but I've never had to fertilize mine, and just giving it the water and the sun is all that these plants need. So a super tolerant plant, a super easy to care for plant. This is just a all-around great starter plant for those of you that are beginners. All right, moving on to number two. Number two is the newest addition to my collection. Well, second newest because I did buy those other two. So it's the second newest to my collection, but it was on my wish list for a while. This is the ZZ plant. And 
honestly, it's probably easier to keep alive than the snake plant, but the snake plant gets top spot for me because it was my, what I call the gateway plant. The ZZ plant is also called, okay, so bear with me while I say this the wrong way, Zamiococcus Zamiphilia, ZZ for short. This is a cute little plant and it's easy to keep alive. It's got super dark, kind of emerald green leaves for the older growth and they're shiny and smooth and the new growth is always a lighter kind of like lime green but darker color and it doesn't take much to keep this little cutie alive. Like I say all the time that it's the zeziest plant to grow. I know that's super corny but you love me anyways. So for light this plant thrives in medium to low indirect light so it doesn't like that intense bright sunlight which is great if you aren't gifted with a south facing window that gets so much light throughout the day. With water what you want to do is you want to let the soil dry out between waterings and waterings are usually every two to three weeks. What I do with plants like this is I stick my finger in the soil and check the water level and when I do water it I water sparingly. Maintenance for these ones it requires average home humidity and it's fine with average home temperatures. It doesn't require trimming and it honestly grows slow enough that you shouldn't have to repot it for a while. So for those reasons this is my second favorite easiest plant, the ZZ plant. You're going to have a hard time killing this baby off. All right. So the third plant that we're going to talk about today is a jade plant or Crassula. Crassula? Crassula. These are succulents that have really thick woody stems and their leaves are teardrop, oval-shaped, chonky leaves. Fun fact, these plants can live for generations if they're properly cared for. Imagine getting to care for your great-great-grandma's jade plant. Like, that's a hand-me-down I can get behind. Let me know if you guys have ever had that or heard of that. I had never heard of that before. These guys can actually grow up to three feet tall indoors. They have dormant seasons, so that's winter and fall. And then they have a growing season, which is spring and summer. So when they're dormant, they actually need different care than when they're in their growing season. When they're dormant, they need less water. And I actually just had to do this with one of my jades. I did a deep rewater on him because I had forgot to water him for maybe a couple of months. And like... There is no shame in this, my friend. Sometimes with these low maintenance plants, you can forget to take care of them. But when you Google search, you know, kind of my plant has wrinkly leaves, what's wrong with it and put in the type of plant that it is. You're going to find out what's going on and take that, that little extra time and you're going to you're going to be able to fix most of these plants issues. The reason he's going to be fine is because I'm just coming out of this dormant period over fall and winter. So he didn't have a lot of growth. He didn't have a lot of requirements. He didn't really need a lot of sun. So he wasn't in that growing phase. Now, if I would have forgotten to water him in his growing season, 
I would have seen those signs sooner and I probably would have gotten onto it sooner, but I would have also risked him having more catastrophic failures from me being not very aware. Growing, just remember with the J's, there's growing season and then there's dormant season. In the dormant season, they're a little more forgiving. In the growing season, they just have to have a different kind of care. I've had jades for years and I've had jades for almost as long as I've had snake plants and I'd have to really dig back into my memory banks to see if it was longer. But I can seriously attest that these guys are easy to care for. Okay, so what do jade plants need for light? They actually require a little bit more light than what the other plants that I'm talking about today required. But if you have a south-facing window or west-facing window, the young plants are actually going to prefer those and indirect light over direct sunlight. They do require at least four hours of sunlight per day. And then water. Let these guys dry out between waterings, but don't let it dry out completely. Like, do not turn it into a desert vibe underneath there. If you can still squish your pot and the soil around it, it's it's good. If it feels like it's rock hard, this is very bad. And this is what I did over the dormant season on the one jade plant I have. Another thing is we don't water these on a schedule. So I was actually given some very bad advice about a watering schedule for plants, which was water on Wednesdays. And all I ended up with was dead and waterlogged plants. So I do not suggest that with these or with any of your other plants. What I do is I do the finger test and I stick my finger in the soil. If it's dry down to two to three inches for the jade plant, it's time for a watering. I stick my hand or stick my finger. Ooh, don't want to stick my hand in. I stick my finger in the soil regularly just to make sure that I'm keeping an eye on the plants. What's another thing? So, oh, don't let the water touch the leaves of your jade plant. They also do prefer filtered or distilled water because they are a little bit sensitive to salt. But we actually have a higher salt content in our water out here at the farm and my jades have been okay. So that might not be as strict as, as I think people are making it seem online. Maintenance if your plant starts to get leggy, they, they basically start growing and they're full at the top, but they've got these long spindly legs at the bottom. That's called leggy. So if they start to get leggy, what I want you to do is deal with the root cause first. And that root cause for leggy plants is usually they're not getting enough sunlight. Once you've fixed your light issue, then you can move on to fixing the plant. And what you do, and you're going to be like, what? You can do that? All you do is you snip off the plant at any part of the leggy stem, snip it off, and plop it in the soil. Now, what that's going to do is the cut stem that has been cut is going to branch off into two sections, and it'll start growing two new, two new branches. And then the one that you've just put into the soil is going to grow roots and become a new plant. Other than that, there's really no, no maintenance on these plants except for repotting them occasionally. And they kind of like to be root bound in their pot. So repotting them won't need to happen very often. If you do want to do a little bit of fertilizer 
do a diluted succulent fertilizer just during the growing season. And so that's basically once every six months, but don't fertilize it when the soil is dried out, like what I had before the like desert type soil, because what you could do is you could damage the roots. Our next easy plant is actually probably the most challenging out of the group, but don't let that scare you. It doesn't mean that it's not a good choice. What it is called is a wandering dude or inch plant. And the scientific name is Tratascantia zebrina. This is the one that I can probably pronounce the best out of all of these. I have a few of these, but I'm actually going to focus on the zebrina for this podcast. I currently do have three types of Tratascantia and the care for all three of them isn't the same because they're kind of different, different types. So these little ones have a heart shaped leaf and they're striped with green and then cream on the top. And then there's a beautiful purple underneath. And these plants are seriously my new loves. Like, wow, they are easy to grow as well. And unlike the jade plant, inch plants actually have a short lifespan. I was surprised when I heard this because they actually only have a lifespan of about a year. They gain their longevity through cuttings. I basically call this process giving my plant a haircut, but I believe the correct term is renewing. So for light, the Zebrina needs bright, indirect light. These little ones will tell you if they're getting too little light just by their leaves. If the leaves lose their bright, deep, rich colors, it needs more light. So just move it closer to the window or to the south facing or west facing window and they'll bounce back pretty quickly. Just keep an eye out for the colors as you move it with every move. Water. These guys actually don't like too much water, but they also don't like to be dried out. So keep the the soil slightly moist and then water a little when the soil is dry, at least a half an inch down but don't water directly to the crown. The crown is basically, it's a bump on the soil where all of the roots are. So don't water directly there. What that'll cause is basically root rot and we do not want that. They also like to be misted, but I actually don't even do that with mine. And for maintenance, you can fertilize it. So feed it with a half strength diluted water soluble fertilizer. And you could do this once a, once a month. And then pinch back those vines to one fourth of their length to increase the fullness of the plant. So those trimmed ends can be placed back into the pot or you could even share them with a friend. These stems will that you've, you've trimmed off, they'll shoot out two new shoots from right below the pinched or cut area. And then that just makes your plants bushier. If you need some videos on this, because it's a little bit hard to explain it and visualize it, I ended up looking up the process on YouTube. These are the easiest plants to take care of. The snake plant, the ZZ plant, the jade plant, and the inch plant. These plants aren't just easy to keep alive, they're easy to make thrive in your care. These are the four ones I would suggest to those of you that have killed lucky bamboo like I did. In water, they require little water and care, but they will give you the confidence as you keep them alive. So now that I've given you a brief overview of the easiest to care for plants, 
Now it's up to you to decide which one you're going to choose to get your toe wet into the plant caring for world. If any of these have sparked your interest, go and search for a little bit more deeper in-depth care of them. Get to know the plant before you go and purchase it. Know what you're looking for when you go into the garden center or the plant shop and bring one into your home at once. Don't go out and buy all four of these and then try to try to do it. Bring one in. Build your confidence with that one plant. This is not a comprehensive guide for care of those plants. This is just an overview of the basics that will help you make a decision. So keep in touch and let me know how you make out with the plant that you choose. Thanks so much, guys, for listening. Till next time. Toodles. Hey, friend. Thank you so much for letting me be in your ear for this episode. I just wanted to say thank you to those of you that have popped on over to Apple Podcasts and not only left a star rating, but also left a review telling me just how much this podcast has impacted you. So thank you so much for those of you that have taken the time out of your day to do that. Um, Another thing that I just wanted to say was Instagram is the place to be. I am loving playing with stories, playing with reels, uh, just updating you guys. That's probably the easiest way to reach me personally. I do have Messenger turned on on Instagram, but there's so many interactive ways for us to hang out together. So just check out Cozy Minimalism on on Instagram. (sighs) Season 3. This is going to be a blast. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for spurring me on. I absolutely appreciate you, friend. Until next time, toodles.